Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. You are as you think. Sound confusing? Or maybe not. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here's your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast. We're sitting here in beautiful downtown Van Nuys with me today, Mr. Brian Reed. Brian, hello. Hello, David. <laughs> Always good to have you here. That was a little, uh, what was it, uh, Space Odyssey? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, you sound like Hal. Hal, that's yeah. right, Hal. Yeah. Hi, Dave. I was going to say, uh, I don't know what that's about, and I don't know what's in that cup over there, but uh, <laughs> you know, if it works for you, it works for all of us, I think that's a good thing. It's probably only coffee, but you know, if it works, it works. You know, today, um, today I want to talk about you become what you think about, or you are as you think. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, you become what you think about all day long. Well, I mean, for me, that'd probably be like lunch. Peanuts, donuts. (laughs) Yes, snacks. Cheetos. But I think that there is some truth to this. You know, last week we talked about how you become who you hang out with. And this week, I want to talk about the fact that we're becoming what we think about, you know? You're getting a little, uh, you know, psychological here, Dave. Are we just in like a now mind control for the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You are what you think. Meditate. I don't, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, I mean, really meditation is more focusing on, you know, one thought or concept or tone to get your mind to rest. And, and this is really controlling, not controlling, but trying to cultivate, if you will, uh, what you think about all day long, all the stuff that's coming in and out of your brain. So I think they're kind of different things, but yeah, I mean, we, we've had two or three podcasts here where we're talking about, you know, what you think about and who you hang out with. All right. Well, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't read the notes on this one today, so keep going. I'll bite. Go ahead. <laughs> so far, so good. Huh? Oh man. You know, I, I think this concept has been around for forever. I mean, it's one of the things that maybe your mama tells you when you're growing up over and over again, but I don't think it's anything new. I think it's been around for a long time. You know, in doing some research for the show, I found that the the Buddha had said, the mind is everything. What you think you become. Um, I mean, that was quite a while ago, you know. Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, or as his friends probably called him, Waldo, uh, lived in the 1800s. I mean, this is a concept that's been evolving for a long time. In 1956, Earl Nightingale wrote a book called The Strangest Secret in an attempt to teach people about the power of the mind and the power of the thought. And and he was saying, you become what you think about all day long. Now that I line all these quotes up, maybe he was just ripping off Waldo. I don't know. (laughs) You know, Um, I mean, the listeners are saying, who's Earl Nightingale? Well, I mean, he was a speaker and an author and he did he did a lot of these cassette tapes that people would listen to. He had this really deep voice and uh, he talked about topics dealing with uh, human character development, motivation, and meaningful existence. I mean, he was kind of the immediate predecessor to um, 
Zig Ziglar. I mean, that's probably a name that, that people will know. Big motivational speaker traveling around the country, uh, best-selling books and tapes, et cetera, et cetera. So um, this book written by Nightingale, The Strangest Secret, has been called one of the greatest motivational books of all time. So, you know, here it's being talked about, uh, you know, in the, in the 50s. And, uh, you know, Nightingale drew his inspiration from a Napoleon Hill book called Think and Grow Rich, which was published in 1937. And it's an all-time bestseller, first published during the Depression. It's sold more than 100 million copies worldwide. Um, The book asserts that if one can suppress negative thoughts and focus on long-term goals, that a person can be very successful. These things have been around for a long time. More recently, there was a book and a film called The Secret, and it was released in about 2006. The book and the movie came out at the same time, and it was based on the law of attraction, which claims that thoughts can change a person's life direction. That book sold 30 million copies worldwide, translated into 50 languages, um, perhaps more importantly, um, Oprah Winfrey is a big proponent of the book. I remember seeing clips of this of her on her show, and uh, I remember seeing her on the Larry King show one time, and she said that the message of the secret is something that she's been trying to share with the world for years and years and years. Um, since the release of the book, people have been doing something called vision boards, and that's been pretty popular lately. I know several people that have vision boards, and a vision board is a, a collage of visual images or words that represent the life that you want to live. It kind of relates to your goals. Um, quite literally, it's a tangible representation of the vision that you have for yourself. So not only is this coming from a place of, of his history, it's also part of uh, mainstream thought. And so really it's not, you know, maybe not, it's not a secret after all. Um, it's not really what you think. It's, if you, it's really more about what you think about you become. And of course, I guess part of that is you can create the life you want simply by thinking the right thoughts. Now, I know, Brian, you're thinking Dave probably has a you know picture of a Tesla up on his wall so that that Tesla no. can just like drive in the driveway. No, it's not a picture of a, of a Tesla. It's an entire fleet of Teslas. Wouldn't that be nice? All the same color in the you driveway? You 12, dude. That would be, you really don't. That would be amazing stuff. That would be amazing stuff. <laughs> but our minds are a powerful thing, and most of us take it kind of, For granted, we believe that we aren't in control of what we think because our thoughts seem to fly in and fly out all day long. And uh, but if you can control your thoughts, if you can become more about what you think about, it's going to happen. It's that little kernel of truth that's going to be the secret of of the power of the mind. And I think this is one of the reasons that we also talked about meditation in prior podcasts. If you can slow your mind down and become more cognizant of what you're thinking about and what's coming in and out of your mind, you can uh, control that process, be a little more thoughtful of that process. You know, we're, we're creatures of, of habit, and we tend to follow the pictures in our minds created by our friends, our parents, our towns, um, whether that's good or bad. That's kind of the way that our brains seem to work and to have a little more control over that process, to have that process be a little more in line with our goals, with our tombstone statement, with the kind of person that we want to be, 
seems to me it's just a better way to, to live your life. Create a picture in your mind and, and, and think about that picture. And it's kind of interesting how you will tend to you know, follow or, or pursue that path. Even more important, write it down. I remember we were talking about goals at the beginning of the year, and we said one of the, the, the odd but kind of magical things about goals is you write them down, you tend to gravitate them to them more. And I think that that's part of this whole process. This is everything that you're talking about is exactly what we've been talking about, and you've kind of put together with your five steps. It's accountability, it's, it's you know, writing it down, it's making it real, it's changing your, you know, your thought processes. Well, and, and, and having a master plan, you know, I mean, I remember I was on a, um, interviewed on a radio show one time and they said, all right, well, Dave, what, you know, what, what's the, what's the one thing, what's this all about? Cause I was talking about 10 steps to financial success, 10 ways to avoid risk in your life, which is something else that I, I talk about in, in different, uh, in different forms and in different places. And they, they kind of caught me off guard for a minute. And I stepped back and I said, you know, have a, have a plan. Just, just have a plan, follow a, follow a plan, follow a, you know, pick a point of light out there and, and, and gravitate to that light and have a plan, you know? So let's bring this back to this whole topic today of you are what you think about. I mean, it seems to me that if you're, uh, you know, playing video games and you're not a professional at that, um, that's kind of where your thought process is going to lead you to. Or if you're, uh, you know, just looking at stuff on the internet, your, 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 your thought process and your life is going to kind of gravitate to the kind of stuff that you're picking up on the, on the internet. The whole idea is to kind of pick a plan, pick a point and think about the kind of things that, that you want to think about. Now, maybe that is a certain car. I mean, I'm, I'm down with that, you know, as long as it's a Tesla and, um, you know, maybe it's about a house or a house with a pool, or maybe it's about a certain vacation that you and want to take. And a Tesla in the pool, dude. And a Tesla in the pool. I'm going to punch you in the throat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you have your plan or your target or your vision board or what you think about being in line with your your goals and your aspirations for the year, your financial goals, your your path towards financial wellness, as we've talked about. It seems to me you're going to be more moving towards where you want to be, as opposed to maybe where you're moving unintentionally, or even worse, where somebody else wants you to be. Just something to think about. This is Dave Hagen, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. Hey, let's do something a little bit different here. Uh, We'll get to the emails in just a couple minutes, but I want to spend just a few minutes talking about something I'm going to call my go-to my PC experience. I think there's a couple interesting things that we can take away from this experience. And that's why I want to spend a little bit of time talking about it. 
I recently had this experience with this company called Go to My PC, and um, the interaction was kind of interesting. Now, as many of you probably know, GoToMyPC.com is a service that lets you dial into your office computer or another computer from your laptop or home PC. It's a great service. I mean, the, the software is really nice. It's flexible. It's convenient. Um, it, it's always been a little kind of expensive over the years, but it's, it's worth the inconvenience. And I started using this uh, service in 2004, and, and most recently I was paying uh, about $220 per computer per year. So with two com- uh, computers that needed access, I pay about $440 um, a year. So this last week I get an email called uh, change of terms and conditions. And, you know, you're kind of wondering, it says go to my PC at the top. And you're wondering, is this a scam or what's going on? And um, so I'm, I'm taking the time to read through it, even though I got a busy day going on. I'm barely paying attention. And it's not that big of a deal. It's just change of terms and conditions. I almost deleted it because I thought it might relate to allowing them to track my usage or look at the time that I use it or something like that, maybe to to uh, allow my machine to accept cookies or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe I was being diligent. Maybe I was just bored, but I read the I read the whole thing. And after some text about how great their service was and, and uh, all the things that they did for me, it told me that the price was now going to be $420 per computer. And these, these numbers are approximate, but $420 per computer, or for me, with two computers, 840 bucks. And when my current contract expired in 30 days, they would automatically roll over to the next year at this increased price. And, and then they would very conveniently put it on my credit card. So they were... I'm sorry. What, say the numbers again. From f- four, you were paying four hundred and change. Four four forty a year, and your new bill was going to be eight forty a year. They added four hundred dollars. Well, they almost doubled it. Yeah, for what? Well, I, it was the same service. I don't know. Um, y- you know, I mean, they said that they were world class, and 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 it is a great product. But I mean, yeah. This, so yeah, right. So I'm I'm looking at this and I'm going, is this is this a comedy piece or is this is this <laughs> am another, I being punked? What is yeah, this? Yeah, or am I being punished? Or you know, do I use it too much? I mean, we only use it periodically, and um, so I'm I'm looking at I'm trying to figure it out. So the the notice said that I could call if I had any questions. So I did, and the phone message said that if I got a price increase, I could hit a, a key on the phone. So I did. And then they played for me a two to three minute explanation of why their service was so great, which it is, but why they should be allowed then to basically justify double their, their price. So the, the phone message said that I could hit another button to talk to a person. Oh, boy. So I did. <laughs> right? And can you imagine this poor person getting these irate people all day long going, you doubled my price. What the, 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 the. I mean, that would be, um, that would be almost my version of hell to have to listen to, you know, irate people all day. So anyway, when I get this poor fellow on the phone and I told him it seemed to me to be a bit much to double their price in a year. And he, he looked at my account and he said, well, you've been a good customer since 2004. And as a result, we can give you a special price of, 240 a month or $480 a year. So a little bit more, 
you know? So I told him I appreciated the discount, but now I only wanted one account. So now I'm only going to pay two forty a year for one computer, and I'll figure out a way to do something else on the on the other computer. And I told him to make sure to tell corporate that uh, their price increase scheme had you know had cost them an account. They were actually going to be paying. I was going to be paying less. But I mean, what the hell's going on here? I, okay, I could see if they were going to jack it up by like fifty bucks. And, you know, and hope people didn't notice on their credit card yeah. statement each month that it's gone up by you know, a certain amount, but uh, almost uh, <laughs> doubling. <laughs> yeah. I almost wanted to say to the guy, and what does that come with? You know, what what's the additional? <laughs> does someone come out and wash my car? Or are you getting you, a massage out of this as this well per month? Or, yeah, or yeah, what yeah, the heck? Yeah. So what's the purpose of this go to my PC story? I mean, it's certainly not to hammer this company. They got a good product. I appreciate their product. It's not worth twice as much as it was last year, but the purpose isn't to hammer them, although it's it's pretty easy to do it based upon what they're trying to do. But no, I, th- I think there's some important takeaways from the story. Um, one, if you're in business, you certainly shouldn't think of, that you can get away with like doubling your price for no good reason. It's, it's in poor taste and it's a poor business practice. I mean, I can't imagine. Number two, perhaps the world is getting more and more comfortable with the billing practices that the cable TV companies do. You know, you sign up to pay 29 a month, but it turns out they, when you add in the extra tiers for the channels and they charge you for the equipment and the city tax and the tax and the tax and the tax, that $29 becomes almost $50. And then after a year, you find that the $29 a month price was an introductory rate, and now it's going to be 49 plus the extra tiers, the equipment, the taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And now you're paying out like a lot of money every month. But you can call and get a special rate, and they'll give you a reduction for the next year if you tell them that you're going to leave. Now, I understand it's a little harder these days. They're a little more reluctant to do that. But it seems to me more and more companies are trying to pull this kind of stuff and we just have to be super vigilant about it and let them know in a very firm but nice way that um, this isn't this isn't acceptable behavior and number three I mean most importantly really and that's the purpose for this this little uh, discussion that we're having here is you need to watch what people send you especially when they have your credit or hopefully debit card number, you need to be diligent. Unfortunately, we need to take the time to read the stuff and the fine print that uh, people send our way so that we don't get caught up into this kind of stuff. Because if I had to just put the, you know, push the delete button, I would have seen uh, next month an $840 add-on to my credit card for, um, you know, two computers to be able to dial in to the office. That's ridiculous. It's crazy, crazy stuff. So most importantly, pay attention. Be aware of what's going on around you. And if you have a similar experience with some other company, drop us a line. All right, now I feel better that I got that off my chest. <laughs> Let's do some emails. I understand that we've got some uh, uh, audio emails. Brian, you want to cue that up? Hi, this is Liz from Kenya Country. My question is, how or where do I start saving my money? Hey, great question, Liz. But I think your question is really two questions. The first is, 
how, and the second question is where, and I think they're both good questions. So let's talk about the the how first. I mean, um, how do you save money? I think the most important thing that you can do in terms of saving money is to pay yourself off the top in advance each month. I think that that savings component should be part of your overall plan. And don't wait to the end of the month to say, well, let's see what I got left over. Pay yourself off the top. I mean, really, we should pay ourselves even before our taxes. But I think, uh, you know, our uncle would be uh, not happy with that. The uncle wants his money, right? (laughs) Uncle Sam is who I'm talking about. So pay yourself off the top. That's the how. You got to do it. You got to have a plan. You got to, you know, put that money aside every month. Now, the next question is, is where? And um, wow, there's a whole bunch of places that, uh, you know, that you can do that. I mean, the easiest is, is to, you know, take the cash and put it in your pocket, take the cash, put it in the mattress, take the cash, put it in a cookie jar. And that's nice because it's simple. But uh, if, it, if it's close, if it's available, you, you know, you, you tend to reach for it. So I'm not sure that I particularly like that. You can put it in your uh, checking account, but it'll get spent. If you put it there, open up a separate account at a bank, at a credit union, at a savings and loan. Are there even savings and loans around anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, maybe they all went away. Um, But, you know, put it in the bank um, when it's a small amount of money. We know when you're starting out, put it in the bank, put it in a separate account. Uh, when, when I was younger, I didn't even look at the statement when it came because, uh, you know, as I told you before, I'm a spending kind of guy. And if I saw that money there, I'd, um, you know, buy a TV or something with it. So, uh, you know, don't, don't necessarily even open the envelope, just put it in the bank. You know, it's, you're not going to get a lot of interest, uh, you know, 1% or one and a half percent or whatever it is these days in this current environment. Um, but the important thing is that you take it off the top and, and segregate it. Now, as it gets to be a larger amount of money, now you can think about, you know, some kind of a CD, you get a little better interest rate when the money gets a little bit better. You know, when you're talking about a thousand dollars or more now's when you start thinking about, you know, some kind of, um, um fund, uh, or account that it may be a securities broker putting it into a mutual fund or something like that. Um, the the rate of return is not as important in the you know the first couple of months at least. The the more important thing is that uh, Liz, you you really get in the habit of paying yourself off the top and physically um, moving the uh, the money across. When I was um, a, a young lawyer, that's exactly what I had to do. I would go to the um, uh, you know, the teller, it was called the Versa teller or something, I think. And you walk up to this machine. I don't even know if these machines exist anymore. And, um, you know, I d- deposit my paycheck and then I would actually move, um, you know, a set amount across from the checking right into the savings account. And, uh, that was the genesis of, you know, some, some really important savings. Didn't seem like it at the time, but, uh, getting into the habit and actually moving that money across and then not really looking at it so much, uh, you know, really paid off over a longer period of time. So that's the, uh, the how, and, and that's, and that's the, the where of, of what I would do. And the fact that you're even thinking about it, considering it means you're, you're taking one of the really important steps to financial wellness. My hat's off to you. And thank you for that uh, good question. All right, Brian's waving at me. It looks like he's got one more. This looks like it's a written question. What What do we got, Brian? Here we go. It says, hi, Dave. Trying to balance the following situation, so any help would be great. Um, I can afford to buy in cash a used Toyota Camry, but it's going to need maintenance. 
or should I lease a vehicle and not have any repair costs? Uh, I know there's a good deal of luck involved, but what would you do? Thanks for the help. Wish I could have been writing about a Tesla. It's <laughs> from Richard. <laughs> I love it. Richard, thanks for the email. And, you know, let, let's put together something so that uh, some years down the line, you will be writing about a, a Tesla, right? But the, I think the question for today is, should I get a, a used Toyota that you know you're going to have repairs, or should I go out and lease a brand new car? And Hmm. I think my answer is neither. I would do. <laughs> I would do neither. Um, and and here's why. I mean, I've done it both ways in my lifetime. I've paid cash for cars, and um, I've leased cars. And the nice thing about buying a car is it's yours, and it's your responsibility, and you pay for it straight up front. And and I like that. Um, I've also leased cars. Uh, and the nice thing about a leased car is it's a you know it's a payment, and. Um, you don't have to worry about the repairs because the, the thing's under under warranty. Um, and, and the cars that I've leased, and I'm not a big fan of leases, but the, the cars that I leased were such that the monthly payment was so incredibly stupidly low that I just couldn't resist. I mean, this payment was $239 a month um, for a, a Chevrolet Volt. I mean, so I wasn't paying gas. I wasn't paying repairs. I was paying tags and two thirty nine a month. I mean, I, I just couldn't resist, even though generally a lease is not that good of an idea. If, if it were me, Richard, here's what I would do. If you have some kind of transportation that you're relying upon now, I would continue to use that transportation. And then I would take this money that you've put together to go out and buy a car. And I wouldn't buy a car that uh, you think you're going to need some repairs. I would take the time, assuming that you've got your transportation needs met now, and go out and get one of those really cream puff cars. You know, what I heard someone call a garage sale car one time, and that's a car that, uh, you know, grandma had in the in the garage for all these years, and now grandma's passed and, and they're selling the furniture and stuff. And there's this incredible car. Now, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a 1962 Buick Special but it's only got like 15,000 or 20,000 miles on it. That kind of a car where you think that it's not going to have a lot of repairs. Um, you know, I, a lot of people would say, well, you know, Dave, you're advising him to have his cake and eat it too. And you, yeah, I am. I mean, basically, but if you got cash, if you got cash, you can afford to have your cake and eat it too. Cause you're in the driver's seat cause you got cash and cash is king and you'll get a better deal. And uh, that's what I would do. Look, you know, look around, shop around if you got the time uh, and get that cream puff car where people go, wow, we're, you know, this car is incredible. It looks brand new almost, but it's 15 years old or 10 years old or whatever it is. That's the kind of really unique experience. And if you've planned, if you've got cash and you can wait, you can look for that kind of thing. If not, um, you know, I mean, maybe I can't even believe I'm saying this, but, uh, you know, the, the super cheap, small monthly payment lease, not really what you want to do, but, uh, it might be the thing that you need to do if you, you know, can't wait if your transportation needs aren't met. So two ways to go about it. Um, you know, we always say at, at the financial wellness podcast, you know, pay cash for all cars. And I'd, I'd like to stick with that, uh, you know, in, 
you've got the opportunity because you got the cash to play it out. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see you buy a car for cash, but maybe not one that you're going to say, boy, I know it's going to need some repairs because you're you're heading down a tough road, a whole nother set of issues with that. Um, but you know what? Let us know. Uh, let us know what you get. You know, it, it might be seven, eight years from now. You're going to be telling us. Um, I've got cash and I'm, and I am buying that Tesla <laughs> and, and my response to you would be, uh, can I have a ride? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all the time we got today. Thanks to Brian Reed for coming in. Thanks for having me as always, Dave. This is Dave Hagan and you've been listening to the financial wellness podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.